The following podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and the possible destruction of society as we know it. Australia edges closer to a complete lockdown. Prime Minister Scott Morrison late last night ordering the closure of the following venues from midday. It's very dire. There's people dropping on the footpath, literally. I can't wait to get out of here. Pubs, clubs, licensed venues, indoor sporting venues, entertainment venues, cinemas, casinos, churches and other places of worship. It's been another day of grim statistics and images as the virus spreads. A city of 11 million people in lockdown. Mr Morrison warned this is only stage one of a lockdown and could last as long as six months. Everybody's told you need to go into quarantine. You can't be exposed to others for several weeks. Italy has now overtaken the figure uh, in China. In the past 24 hours, uh, the Italy a death toll has jumped by more than 400 deaths, taking it to just over 3,400. Welcome to the Isocast, an advice podcast for the isolation era. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen. Have you been feeling like the world's on fire? That the universe is one big pile of existential dread wrapped in the silver lining of staying inside and writing the great Australian novel? Yeah, me too. The coronavirus is sweeping the globe, and just like your friend's deadbeat ex, it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. I wanted to make this show as a flash response to the crisis, to find a way to shell out some of the eggshells of wisdom in the omelette of darkness. I'm going to be talking films, TV, books and activities to do on lockdown with some of the best and brightest in Australia. Also, my dad, who tells me that he's got a tight five he really wants to lay down, so I guess, I guess that's a thing. What I'm trying to say is, we're all in this together. And if we've got to be isolated drinking champagne at 11am on a Tuesday waiting for the Centrelink check to come in, we might as well be drinking something delicious, learning how to knit and watching some tip-top TV. I'll also be taking your questions, so why not get in touch at gingersnapsydney at gmail.com. I will literally give advice on any problem you have, so hit me up. Without further ado, let's crack into it. My guest this episode is the one and only Alex Chowell. The Chowellian candidate is an old friend of mine from drama school. He's brilliant, surprisingly tall, and with eyes like two dark saucepans on a frozen lake, he's the only man to talk to in the time of a crisis. Here's a chat with I had with him a little earlier. Hello. Ah, the Chalwellian ah, candidate. Ah, ah. <laughs> How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Well, no, I've got a migraine, but I'm alright. You've got a migraine? Yeah, I've never had a migraine before in my life, but like, I just sort of, um, I sat down at the computer yeah. and my vision was swimming with colour. Um, and yeah, my head started pounding, and I told Ellen, she's like, "Yeah, you, that's that's a migraine." So take the neurofen. I think I'll be okay. Oh, mate, I hate this. I hate this. Yeah, feeling. I don't like it at all. Yeah, I have. I have. Um, meantime, like stopped writing, and I'm just watching BoJack Horseman and kind of <laughs> taking it pretty slow. So that's cool. Um, I'm sorry you got a migraine, pal. That I just got that sucks. one bonus. <laughs> got that bonus one. Woo! Bonus round. Yeah. Well, yeah. Lucky me, right? Um, lucky me. 
Hey, bud, can I get you to do a silly thing with me? I've got an idea yeah. for this. Uh, I'm recording, by the way. I should have said that at the top, but I... Yeah, I, absolutely. I, well, yeah. I only know this now and give absolutely no consent for any of the variety <laughs> views whatsoever. Um, You're a horrible friend. You're very, you know... That's <laughs> all I have to say. That's um, good. We've got it on record now. You're saying that I'm a horrible friend. Nice. <laughs> okay. I, I feel better, I guess, because that's out in the open now. Yeah, well, I mean, we always knew that was bad to happen uh, at some point. But um, here's what I, I would like you to do. I'm going to sing. Yeah. I've got a little idea for a segment. Uh, my segment is going to be called Existential Dread. And um, <laughs> it's it's just about getting a rating from you about where your existential dread's at. Um, oh, yeah, sure. And I'm okay. going to get everybody to harmonize with me so then I can build the sting for existential dread with each person that comes <laughs> on the show. I mean, I love it and I hate it. It's two at once. <laughs> so, um, what I would love is if uh, you could sing along with me. I'm going to sing. So, the, 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 the basic thing is existential dread. Uh, and so, if we could sing that together and you could sing something slightly higher, that'd be really, really nice. Okay. Do you reckon you can do that? Uh, existential, existential dread. Yep, got yeah. it. Oh, that right. would be lovely. Yeah. Okay, ready? Three. Yeah. Two, one, existential dread. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Uh, how's your existential dread, Alex? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Pat, man. I was actually like, when you told me you wanted to do this podcast, I loved it. And then I was like, yeah, I know we want to keep it light, but we should dedicate a bit at the beginning to talking about the fact that it's okay to feel like shit because holy shit. <laughs> um, and then I, I pictured, like, I also was like, oh, I'll go out and I'll find, like, the perfect yoga me version. Oh, And yeah, I'll give yeah. all these people, I'll be like, yeah, so you should structure your day. And you should do some yoga and some exercise. And then you should read a book and maybe write a treatise on, like, oh, but it, yeah, I think, I think it's really important straight up to be like, yeah, holy shit, this is fucked. <laughs> Um, oh, are we PG? This isn't. PG. Absolutely not. Uh, oh, I've put this God. in the explicit okay. rating in the in the oh, iTunes oh, store. Great. Because I don't think there's any way, Alex, that I could do this podcast and not swear my fucking head off. Um, See, that's fun for you, but for me, I can't picture ever being on anything but the most vanilla of art. <laughs> so this is actually something of a breakout for me. We do call you Vanilla Alex behind your back. <laughs> I have I have heard you going do 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 every time I go around the corner. <laughs> That was very bad. That was very bad. I liked it a lot. Um, you didn't answer my question. How's your existential no. dread? How high is That's, it? One to ten. Look, where are you sitting? I feel a lot better today, um, but uh, it's it's tricky. Uh, I am predominantly, and when I say predominantly, I mean entirely a casual worker. Mm. Um, I have already lost, I've worked three jobs to kind of maintain a living. Yeah. Uh, one of them has already completely folded. And cool. as I was a casual, there's there's nothing for it. Great, 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 great. great. Love I mean, that. that's you know, that said, you know, we've got there's there's some benefits I need to be investigating. Uh, my other job is a casual position in healthcare. Mm -hmm. um, I, I work in a children's hospital, and that has that one's a bit of a grey zone because we haven't yet been told we're not considered an essential worker. Right. Um, so, and because of that, we're kind of living in this realm where it's like, 
Mm -hmm. You can still be here. <laughs> but by the... <laughs> you know? But it's just so, like, I, you know, I, I mean, like all of us, I've been waking up and reading 12 articles of coronavirus before realizing that perhaps that's not doing wonders for my mental health. Yeah. And in all of them, the staggering through line is, like, the the different levels of information are just so difficult to traverse. You've got the state telling you stuff. You've got the government telling you to do stuff and you've got healthcare professionals telling you to do stuff. And between all of that, it's like, ah, I suppose in that work, I am fortunate in that it, like I'm surrounded by healthcare workers. And yeah. so I, I'm pretty confident that the advice I'm being given is right up to date. So, the existential dread's a little higher there too because the same organisation has been closed across uh, across most other states where one of the only hospitals still operating with our program as it currently stands. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, looking to lose a lot of casual work there too pretty soon. How is the hospital, Alex? Like, what's the vibe been inside? Um... Oh, it's pretty. It's pretty wild. I don't know if I'm allowed to comment. Sure. I haven't been able to clear it with my manager due to the the harsh times, so I'm not sure yeah, uh, yeah. How, how much I should linger there. Totally, man. Uh, I, I but, mean more so, just like general atmosphere. Yeah, for sure. General atmosphere is uh, just uh, just one. Hmm, how would you typify it? It's funny because at the moment, well, look, it's a children's hospital. Yeah. Uh, and as, you know, this, the science runs, children are actually much less susceptible than other kind of vulnerable areas. Mm -hmm. There's certainly a great amount of uh, protection for anyone who's immunocompromised. So, right, that's good. Uh, yeah, like, like I, I have nothing but respect for the way they're running that place. And as much as I love and adore my job and see it as essential, I also am prepared to follow whatever advice given because ultimately, you know, I, I do fund good work there, but I'm not a healthcare professional sure. in the sense that I have a medical degree. Um, I'm working in kind of... But you are uh, a doctor of love, Alex. That's what oh, the people oh. say. That's See, what they all the say. Is, I don't think they let doctors of love into children's hospitals. I'm pretty sure that that's a hard no. <laughs> so actually, I, I'm you know? going to respectfully decline that, Monica, because no thank you. I, uh, I was wondering how we could get this podcast to a darker place. You know, I was thinking, is there oh, a way Jesus. we could take this podcast but make it darker? And somehow, I uh, we both managed to do that then. And that's... Wow, what a time. Wow. Uh, and so, so, so that's kind of risky for me. The other thing is, it's a charity that I work for. Sure. And charities across Australia are having such a hard time right now. Um, there was already the bushfire crisis. Yeah. And in the bushfire crisis, we saw a massive and beautiful outpouring of love and support for people that have been really hard hit. Uh, and that's, that, in its, that is not what I aim to criticize here or critique. I think that, that a community, a nation can come and do that. I think there's something lovely there. The tricky thing is it exposes the difficulty of a system that relies on charities to perform good work, to do mm. good work. Because um, if there's a sort of a real, an issue that is, absolutely incredibly important and very much uh, in the public conscience uh, that people start to send their money all in that direction. Sure. Uh, and, you know, like I said, the, that crisis was hideous and a lot of funds were needed. The difficulty is that for some people, because you only have a certain amount of disposable income, other charities that are still doing good work are, are, are feeling it, are feeling yeah. it real hard. 
And so you pair that in then with an additional, you know, the beginnings of what looks like a depression. Um, and so a lot, you know, charities are having a really tough time at the moment. Yeah. Um, I can't really comment too much further to no, actually no, quantify that for you. I don't want to give you any bullshit fake news. Yeah, no, man. Uh, but I can you. tell you with confidence, like, oh, man, it's hard. And so even if we're allowed to continue our project, there's the aspect of losing shifts and blah, blah, blah. blah. You know, it's like, ah. And then the other job I do, wow, wow, what a oh, man, what oh, man. Uh, I, work, I know, right? I'm pretty sure when Leonardo was talking about the concept of Renaissance man, because he definitely, uh, you know, came up with a definition uh-huh. of that. What he meant was a person who occasionally draws naked dudes, but also works in a supermarket and a hospital and in a call center. That is, actually, that is 100% what he meant, Alex. Completely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what he meant, actually. I'm pretty sure Vitruvian man has a phone in one hand, uh-huh. a Centrelink form in the other hand. Yes. And then, like, a bag of groceries to hand to a disgruntled customer in the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, well, it was a, a pretty cutting-edge piece when you think about it. For it sort of was, <laughs> dude's ahead of his time. Man. Dude's ahead of his time. The kind of the curve, for sure. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Wait, what did you say about the curve? If you said anything other than flatten the curve, I, I swear to God, Patrick. I, I, I said ahead, and by ahead, I mean... No, no, Patrick, no head. All no flat. Head. No head, no only head, flat. Flat, 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 flat only, only flat. flat. Only you know how uh, I'm no. a really good train of thought and I interrupt with, with silly goofs and I apologize. Uh, would you return okay. to the train? I'm used to it in this friendship. <laughs> um, when I say friendship, what I actually mean is mutual indulgence or sense of humor. Ah, yes, Probably yes, yes, more. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, the other job I work is as a supermarket uh, worker. I'm, I'm just a checkout dude in a very fancy upmarket Thomas Ducks style it um, is bougie. What it a is falafel so roll, though. Oh, uh, Patrick, incredible. some people's idea of hoarding who live in very affluent suburbs is to come in and buy 16 packets of sardines, and each packet of sardines costs about 11 bucks. So we're looking at about, like, you know, between $160 to $170 worth of imported Italian sardines. It's too many sardines. <laughs> it just it's too makes many sardines. Me, it, I just, that, Do we like, even like sardines weird, that man. much? Why sardines? Yeah, well, because I guess you're worried that when you're the rich that's about to be eaten, you want to kind of be tasty <laughs> for the plebs that are going to come knock your door down, I suppose. Do you think maybe if you eat enough sardines, their sardinic nature goes into your skin cells and makes you less delicious to the ravenous crowds of the uh, the poor coming to eat you? On contraire, due to the high salt content of a sardine, I suspect that they're somewhat curing themselves for uh, <laughs> continued preservation as the hard times come and electricity fails and we live in a world that is way too hot and refrigeration no longer exists. If anything, it's quite selfless. <laughs> I love that. It's very, it's very forward thinking. Yeah, so I'm working in a supermarket and, like, that is wild. We're much smaller than your typical one of the duopoly or, the, you know, the big yeah, yeah. four or whatever it is. Uh, and so we haven't seen quite the scenes of people literally hacking into each other to get a toilet paper. Mind mm. you, we have sold out of those essentials ages ago. Um, but there is, there's this funny feeling as a casual worker at the moment to be in something considered essential that is, you know, let it be said, not a, uh, a trained position. Uh, but to kind of be out there and be told you're the essential worker, mm. you keep going so that we can keep going. And it's like, oh, okay. So that's 
that's at risk to me catching a pretty nasty thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're literally putting yourself on the line there. And you know what else I love, Alex, while we're talking about essential services? I love it that Scott Morrison and the Australian government went, okay, essential services include uh, retail, uh, include grocery stores and um, haircuts and um, <laughs> bottle shops. Nobody, it's okay, ladies and gentlemen, this may be a crisis, but we're not shutting down the BWS. You can still go and get a carton. Can you imagine? The, um, yeah, the, the hairdresser really gets me. I actually, truth be told, you know, rank me amongst your progressive bias as much as you like. I'm sure. totally there. I don't hate the alcohol thing. This is a weird throwback, but um, Sir Nicholas, uh, when he was Tsar of Russia, uh-huh. <laughs> that went bad, started taxing alcohol to support the war relief. Oh. And this, like, the society was not okay with that. No, and I think I mean, when you've got a massive group of people, and again, not a historian or a politician, so for me to comment on like global geopolitics, wow, <laughs> for that. But um, but like you know, you, there is an element of people are scared, and you kind of you've got to make sure people are keeping happy a little bit. And I might not be the biggest fan of drinking culture in Australia, but if someone can have a lovely glass of rosé and feel a little bit calmer, then you know. I mean, then, you know, then I'm starting to comment on health policy and it's like, should that be Alex. at the risk of lock? Yeah. Alex, can I just say, can you yeah. imagine in Australia where they lock down the bottle shops? I mean, we saw carnage for toilet paper. Can you imagine what people would do to ensure they could take home a carton? Like, it, it, it <laughs> oh, no. It, like, you know, I always wonder, one of the things I think about a lot is how close we are to manning the barricades. Like, I, I think about, um, you know, on a scale from one to lame is where we're, we're currently sitting quite often. Um, yeah. And I think if, if they went, right, that's it. Bottle shops are done. You can't buy booze anymore. I think that may be enough for people to start moving to the streets and going, do you hear the people sing, singing the songs of full of beer? You will I, not. You know what I'm saying? I don't fully disagree with you. And it makes me sad that the French revolted for, you know, voting rights and representation in politics and for us it's like yeah but we need that booze <laughs> don't um, you take my vibs away don't you but take you know it. at the same time I'd, I'd be silly i'd be silly but by the same token you know you, you gotta people need to find ways to relax and chill i don't mean Not to right. slam too hard on that and also let's be clear as well with me and my kind of hero statement of i'm on the front line in a grocery store <laughs> uh, i don't I mean, you are pretty much Batman. You're the Corona Batman at this point. I, I, I mean, not all heroes there. wear capes, Alex. That's all I'm saying. I would rank, yeah, yeah. Some of them, <laughs> you know, try to convince you to buy brown paper bags instead of plastic bags because they suck. It's right. Um, it's right. It's your own personal like, war. It's your, it's your formel. As freaky as it is to kind of be out there right now when all logic and medical advice is to stay home, I, I don't mean by any, for any moment to compare myself to healthcare workers or people who are like in the medical front line of things who are swabbing and who are PPEing yeah. they like, you know, it's a, that's, that's a different world. Totally. On that, um, I spoke to my look, dad yesterday. My dad's a gastroenterologist yeah. oh, in hospitals in Perth. And, uh, and also macadamia, Ma- Macedonia, Madagascar. Yeah, he goes to Mas- Madagascar. He's put that on hold as you can imagine. Uh, yeah. But he's losing a lot of patience because a lot of his surgery is elective. And he doesn't mind that, Dad. What he does mind, though, yesterday he was like, mate, tell you what, I'm getting pretty bloody sick and tired of washing my hands. Bloody had to wash my hands <laughs> fucking 
800 times today. It's absolutely outrageous. Yeah, you have a patient come in, wash your hands, you have a patient go out. Well, you know, every time I pick up a scope, i got to bloody wash my hands. So, nightmare. <laughs> I'm like, good on you, Dad. <laughs> Fighting the good fight there, pal. Uh, you just keep... <laughs> You just keep washing those hands, diggers, please. Just just keep doing that. Well, I think I think we take it for granted, but it's one of the greatest inventions of the modern era is mm. hygiene. Like Soap. The amount of lives that just doing that has saved. Yeah, huge. Um, you combine that with not touching your face, and that's actually that's your best. I mean, again, you know, listen to the, the ABC podcast on CoronaCast if you really want some good... Oh, absolutely. People aren't yeah. coming here for health advice, <laughs> you know. They're coming here for light lols and every now and then me going, ah, ah, ah. That's right. Um, That's what they're coming here but for. But look, if I, to return to your original, your OG question... Oh, if thank I had to God, kind of break, Alex. This is what the people, you know, we ask you one question, you talk to me for 20 minutes, it's, oh, it's a nightmare. Well... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll actually remind you that I'm the one that tied it back to the original question. Yeah, yeah, so, by right, way of okay. podcast structuring, I'm doing the hard yard. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the real professional here, Alex? It's you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, if yeah, we're going to yeah. get snippy about it, snippy, <laughs> snippy, anyway. How's your existential dread? Uh, what, uh, no, I've got a joke for you. Okay, hit me. No, it's... Well, oh, yeah. Okay, so, uh, why, why was... What did the uh, the hairdresser do when they were told they couldn't leave work? They they could actually continue working. What what did they do? They they got a bit snippy about it. Uh, yeah, please cut that. I will not. I'm putting in a badumch just there. No, I, I said please cut that. No, it's already, I'm going to put another badumch. Can you keep in the bit where I said please cut that? Yeah, I will. Yeah. Okay, deal. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, um, uh, it, it goes it goes lots of ways. I'm in a fortunate position where I live with my parents and therefore don't have to pay rent. That's nice. uh, and that does a lot for my uh, financial stability yeah. uh, in what is a really tricky time. Uh, I've got, you know, it's it's certainly rocked my world. I certainly feel like crap a lot of the time. Mm. Uh, but a good night's sleep and all that and I'm okay. I think f- for the people out there who are, in lines for three hours outside Centrelink who do mm. not have the benefit of, oh, I'll just fall back on living with my parents. Like that. Oh, man. Yeah. So, what do so you yeah, think, I, Alex? Maybe a six and a half? Maybe a seven? I'd give me, I'd give me a six. Okay. I, or, I, I actually think it degrades through the day. I think I wake up and I'm at like a four and <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling pretty good. And I think like it stretches on and get to about a, a, a six and a half. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's pretty nice progression. You know, that's that's a two point rise over the course yeah. of the day. You're doing we better just, than the Dow. Do- <laughs> that's a finance joke. That's that's a new one. That's a finance joke. Wow, I thought you said this was like comedy, but instead we're moving into educated satire. This hey, is- listen, bud, you gotta you gotta expand your your realms. Um, so Alex, what I'd like from you, uh, yeah, now I've finally got that number. Everlasting uh, friendship and adoration. I mean obviously those things those things are things i i need actually to survive um but i'm wondering if because this is an advice show i'm wondering you've got any advice for things that people can do with their isolation time uh to help get them through so i'm thinking tv shows i'm thinking books i'm thinking um you know how are you alex chowell my delightful friend when you're not uh, at any of these gigs or I'm yes. um, experiencing the delightful embrace of your partner who is a delightful human. Um, yes. How are you spending your time? What would you, what would you recommend for people? Oh yeah. Well, uh, here we, here we go, Pat. Here we go. Well, I think first and foremost, like I said before, 
I can't come in here and pretend I'm yoga guru who can fix anybody's life. Like, if you panic, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, moving, moving, you know, we've acknowledged that it's okay to feel like shit. The next thing for us to talk about is the fact that I essentially grew up Amish. Any, <laughs> any reference to pop culture, anything that we're looking at beyond, like, mm, I don't know, like any Seinfeld joke you want to make to me, I like smile pleasantly at you and be like, this is humor. I like, I just, there's a, there's a huge aspect of my life that never, you know, due to varying reasons of, um, of a a delightful, lovely upbringing meant that I'm not perhaps the world's most connected to the family guy references and jokes that were littering the, the playground. So, I, I'm I'm feeling books, man. That's where Love I'm that. at. Love that. Uh, I'm feeling books, and I'm feeling board games, and I'm feeling writing. So great. That's what I've Love got to that. offer you today for you to kind of filter through and take take what gems you well, will. Well, hit me with those books, pal. What's what yeah, boy. You, what's, what's coming up? Well, top Patrick, of your dome? that would be painful. Um, okay. Yeah. Hey, hey. Oh boy. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um. Well, look, I did a bit of thinking about this, and my favorite novel is probably The Orphan Master's Son. And The Orphan Master's Son is a novel about the North Korean regime and an orphan who grows up within it and is eventually completely crushed, mind, body, and soul, by the oppressive regime about him. Don't read that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't read it. Don't read it. It's based on in-depth research on what that government is like. It's based on interviews by, uh, I I think it's from one specific person, but certainly interviews from people who have escaped. It's wild. It's dark. It's better than 1984. And you should stay the fuck away from it right now. (laughs) Wait for the world to ride itself. Then have a go at the Orphan Master's Son. Okay. Yeah. All right. When you're feeling good, read that. So then I was like, well, what do you read? So in literature at the moment, they've noticed what they're calling uplit. As in, like, uh-huh. like up, like uplift, but li- you know, it's book people, oh, right? So uplift, uplift, but make it literature. I see. Is this? I mean, you could argue it's been around since the dawn of time, but essentially, uplift is uh, novels which have um, positivity in them. They're charged with a positive energy. You're looking at people who will recover from bad things. You're looking at mm. people who. You, you know, when it doesn't necessarily mean that it panders to you and cuts out and just pretends everything's happy, chappy, yay, hooray. But you read these books and they have a spin on life that is like, hey, things are going to be all right. And so I've got a few books from that kind of brand that I absolutely recommend. Okay. I can't recommend. It's funny because you're like, what are you going to do? And I'm actually not going to read any of these books right now because I've already read them. I see. But I also can't give recommendations for books I'm about to read because, but I don't know if they're any good. I see. Tricky. Yeah, I know, right? So I've got a few books for you. Hit me. Um, well, the first, the kind of the classic example of Uplit is a book by, I believe their name is Gail Honeyman, and it's Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Now, that sounds good, Alex. That, this sounds like a book which someone's going to be okay in. That sounds like Uplit. Am I right? Yeah. Look, spoiler alert, at the beginning of the book, she's not completely fine. Ah, oh, come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, man. But I, like, if there was absolutely zero drama, you wouldn't want to read it. Yeah, We're that's kind true. of junkies for problems. I it's just it. that the, the joy here is seeing it get resolved to some extent. But there's two problems with this book. The first is you've probably, if you're a reader, it's very likely you've already read it. 
Sure. Uh, it's incredibly popular. The second problem is I didn't like it at all. So huh. I don't recommend that. I know, right? Alex, why um, do you keep bringing up books that you can't recommend? That is like the, the entire point of this segment is that you can give people something helpful which they can <laughs> go no, and Patrick, pursue. I've, isn't the intention of the podcast to fill people's thoughts with heads to such an extent they spend the entire day trying to make a decision and then it's nighttime, they sleep and they wake up and repeat? <laughs> Actually, people, no. No. <laughs> Actually, no. Oh, shit, I did it all wrong. Well, look, no, I just did that to show you an example of the thing I was talking about. Okay, My okay, 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 okay. Being wo- yeah, 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 There should be 30 seconds of yeah in this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so the first book that I really strongly, fiercely do recommend, uh-huh. uh, unabashedly, is The 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out of the Window and Disappeared. Fantastic title. Fantastic title. Brilliant. I'm into Brilliant it. book. It's... um. Oh, it's Scandinavian. I can't exactly remember at the moment if it's Finnish or um, or Swedish. I think it might be Swedish, but sure. that's really not the most important thing. It's a novel about a 99-year-old man. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already... I think we can uh, be rest assured that I am not the authority on this topic. <laughs> no, but hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. He has a... He has a birthday, Patrick. Ah, okay. Okay. Hello. So let's just breathe. Uh, on on the day of his birthday, he's living in a retirement village in, in in care, and he decides he's done. He hates it. He's always been a bit of a rebel, and he escapes. And the story is uh, two threads running at the same time. The first thread is this man being on the run at mm-hmm. first from people who just want to take him back to the home, and then as he increasingly gets desperate in his measures also on the run from the police but but let's be clear it's not a thriller all acts of him preserving himself that act in anything criminal is kind of incidental and entirely accidental right like he's kind of just like bumbling along and then someone accidentally gets horribly injured and he's it's kind of like whoopsies um so it's quite and it's all, funny, mm-hmm. Alex, and sort of. Oh, up- it's hilarious! It's so good. Yeah, great. Like it's very, very amusing, uh, and there's a lot of joy to be had in kind of like reading about this 100-year-old man who like can walk at this incredibly slow rate, and how he kind of just accidentally evades a, a, like a nationwide hunt yeah, to bring him down. You know, great. and like it, like great, brilliant, love that. Um, Simultaneous to this, in much the same way, we find out that he was one of the scientists that developed the nuclear bomb. He played a key role uh, in developing the nuclear bomb. This is all fake, by the way. This this man is not a historical figure as far as I'm aware. Um, And he goes, and like in much the same way that he's accidentally evading the police, it takes you through an alternate history of the world in which he accidentally runs into various dastardly world leaders and kind of just gives them the secret of nuclear weapons. No way. So you've got conversations of him, like, meeting Stalin accidentally (laughs) and then being like, oh, you have a problem. I can help with that. Or, like, he accidentally goes to North Korea and it's far more whimsical than the orphan master stuff and what goes on there. So so just as, like, it's nice because you've kind of got, um, like, you know, it discusses and it looks at world politics and there is something kind of being said a little bit there, the spread and proliferation and all that, but it still does it in a really lighthearted and fun and pretty amusing way. Alex, that sounds lovely. 
Oh, it's it's my first hardcore book recommendation. You got it. It's so worth it. I love that. I love it's that you very funny. gave me, and in a way, it's the least hardcore uh, because the Orphan Master's son sounds so hardcore that it would probably break the psyche of most humans. So I think, <laughs> I think, I think the hundred year old really bleak. It's so mad. It sounds so bleak. It sounds incredible, but just bleak I as hell. I recommend it. You need to read that book. Just do it once you can walk out on the street and not feel like you're letting society down. That's right. That's right. That sounds like a like a great. That sounds like a great vibe. Um, dude, I love that, and that's a really really great rec. Um, I'm gonna check that out, and I'll um I'll report back to you. Uh, did you have anything Sweet. else you wanted to throw to the oh. humans before I, I I bump you off into the ether of the world? Okay. Well, then why don't we mix it up from books? Yeah. Um, I'll quickly, very quickly recommend. I think it's worth checking out the shipping news in which you can relive the fantasy you never knew you had of moving to Newfoundland and building your own boat. (laughs) That's like, it's the most chilled out book ever. This is about a man who moves to Newfoundland and renovates a house so that he and his children can live in it. And I just gained so much homely joy from listening to it. And the other one I hardcore recommend is a book called Leap. I'm a fan with Jones. That's got a oh. special place in my heart because it's an Australian novel and oh. hell, Australian artists need as much support and love as you can give them right now. Don't we? Uh, and that's a novel about a, um, a, a, a young man and uh, the mother of the young man's ex-girlfriend uh, and it kind of blends together in quite a beautiful, uplifting, heartwarming um, uh, case of them overcoming grief. That one's a lot sadder than both the other two novels. Sure. It, is, it is a book... Uh, imbued with grief, but ultimately, like, beautiful stuff happens. So those two, and I'd also say, for the love of God, please order from an independent bookstore or even just an Australian person, not Mm. Book Depository. Please, please. (laughs) Um, The industry is really struggling right now, and a place like Book Depository, all your money will just go straight overseas and Australians will not see a cent. So if you can can tolerate, like, I get it, I get it too. It is a few dollars extra. Uh, but if you can tolerate it, you are supporting an industry that is Australian in a time when it really needs it. So, the other thing I hardcore recommend, and you know, you just shut me up when you go shut me up. No, I, hey man, I'm gonna let you go, baby. You're uh, you're off the leash and running free. Uh, let you- me go. That really means two things at once, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> so, what I've started doing and what I have been doing, uh-huh. I, my sister is a paramedic in London. The city is on full lockdown. And she is unwell with the flu at the moment and a suspected case of the COVIDs because of, you know, frontline health worker. Yeah. Um, She is, she's she's young and she's healthy. And so I think she's going to be okay. Um, But she is at the moment trapped inside an apartment with another apartment being built directly above her. You are kidding. That frequently leaks onto her and clogs their drains. Like it's it's a bit, it's a bit hellish. Um, So what we've been doing... I sit down with my mum and my dad. We're all together. You know, move back home. Love it. <laughs> Fun times. Everyone gets along. And we set up a video link uh, and we play Settlers of Catan. You are kidding. The oceans. Yeah. So Settlers of Catan for, for the uninitiated is a board game in which you, you play. Yeah, you play some people settling an island uh, and like developing resources to build the best settlement. And once you've reached a certain marker of development, then you win. It's a, it's a race to, to get there. Um, and apart from, you know, the difficulty of turning colonialism into a fun pastime. Uh, like, you know, there's, there's some questions to be asked there. Should we? Should we? Should we? Like, 
no mention of a of a local population that's being displaced. You know, questions. But like, if we overlook, if we just say oh, the island was definitely uninhabited, as opposed to Australia's definition of that. <laughs> you know, like, oh, God. Um, yes, if if one, uh, it, it's it's just like a really wholesome good time. Uh, and yeah, we we set it up with Skype so we can see her face and so she can see our board. She's got her own board, oh, and right. so we just kind of make them mirror each other. It requires close fam- familial communication, which I'm sure all our listeners will know is a very easy thing to achieve. Um, but but yeah, like we we really and it's a lovely like board games are great because. Um, I mean, normally I think they're great because they don't require a screen. So I guess that point is somewhat mooted. But I think, you know, there's this concept in spending time with each other where you don't necessarily have to be talking 100% of the time. And I think Australians are so funny because we just love a chat and we love a chat so much that when we're not having a chat, we feel really uncomfortable because there's a silence. Yeah. But actually, like... Sometimes silence is fine and sitting in each other's company and presence can actually be a genuinely really comforting thing. And Lord knows we all need a genuinely comforting thing right now. Uh, And the board game is just great because it kind of lets you overcome that Australian sensibility of must fill every second with words. Yeah. And lets you just kind of sit in each other's presence. And for me, for someone who, you know, is quite worried about my sister at the moment. Yeah, Um you know, and my family as well, and how high stress is, that gift is just beautiful. So, I mean, you might not have someone internationally, but if you've got a board game um, and you've got some mates that enjoy that too, hook it up on the Skype and get yeah. it going. Like, Alex, lock I this love party that. in. I yeah, love that really so fun. much. I'm it's so really sorry for, he's my favourite Chowell. It's a documented yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, but... She, She's very optimistic um, and like, it's, it's like, let's be clear, she's exhibiting mild symptoms. So, yeah. you know, um, I, I don't know how much we should, you know, yeah, include those sorts of details uh, here just to kind of yeah. um, give, us give, give her some space and privacy, maybe avoid the old Nemo. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but yes, it is like, it's definitely, it's, it's pretty taxing and she can't see her girlfriend and it's oh, like, man. this is what's happening to people across the world. You know, and 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 then some, right? Like, and yeah. then some. Um, but I love that. I love that you guys playing Catan together, mate. I can see you, your mum, your dad, and and it, and your sis there, um, all all getting around that. And I think that's bloody beautiful. And you know, it's yeah. the weird thing about this, right? And it's it's kind of the reason why I wanted to do this whole show is that bizarrely, this being locked inside shenanigans and everything being shut down presents you with these weird opportunities right and i'm not saying that everyone needs to go out and write the great australian novel you know that's or wherever you come from the great the great tale um i think just finding little ways to have connection with people you care about um, yeah and to do some stuff which isn't going to be in and to use your time well even if that's just reading something great like mm. that that's that's awesome you know, and if we can kind of do that and use all the technology that we have to sort of connect as much as we can, then mm. it might not all be so bad when mm. it's clearly really, really, really fucking bad for a lot of people, you know? Yes, uh, it's, absolutely. It's tricky. Yeah, you know? it's, um, yes, absolutely. 
I, I think there's ways to uh, make it a bit easier for yourself. It makes the little Amish boy in my heart sing. <laughs> um, yeah. And long may that little Amish boy sing, Alex. Long may he sing. Long, long may he. Mate, long may he. Um, thank you so much for joining me on this show, Alex. Thank you for all your recommendations and your work. And um, send you, my love to your partner and your fam. And uh, yeah, bud, I'll probably have you on in another couple of episodes. Check back in with you. See how you do. doing. Oh, brill. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Come back when I've gone mad and started eating the neighbours. <laughs> Make sure you eat the plump ones that were full of sardines first. I hear they're oh, the most mate, delicious. Of course. <laughs> you're not an animal, obviously. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. You're the best. We'll chat soon. No worries, dude. See ya. See ya. Thanks to Alex Chowell for being our first guest on the ISOcast. Some helpful advice there about books to read, books not to read, and some useful insight about eating the rich. Let's do some credits. News clips in this episode were from Channel 9, the BBC, Four Corners, and they are all the property of their respective owners. Music was by Julian Barrett with Isolation, Ben Sound with Jazzy Frenchie, and the motion picture version of Les Mis. That's TM and Universal 2012. Big thanks to Alex Chowell for being with us and all of his great recommendations. I should mention that we are not on anyone's payroll and the point of view of guests on this show is entirely their own. The Isocast is created, edited and produced by me, Patrick Cullen, Aginger Snap Productions. If you have a question for us or need some advice, shoot us an email at gingersnapsydney at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Twitter at Isocast. Thanks so much for listening. And as this is episode one, why not subscribe, recommend to a friend, Tell some mates, I don't know, uh, send a smoke signal, yell about it out the window of your apartment. That'd be fantastic. I'm releasing new episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays starting next week. Okay, that's it from me. Look after each other out there, people. And remember, wash those hands. 